Howdy everyone, Ethan Kimara here. Welcome back to part two of the podcast, starting in five, four, three, two, and one. But I think that is a nice segue into my next and possibly last question of how do you continue to be a leader post-graduation? What does it mean for you to be an activist or a leader in your everyday lives after PAC? I know it's a little challenging to find these organizations or find something that you're passionate about in your local community, but it's definitely possible. And I think both of you, you're really involved in things that you're passionate about. It might not be strictly cultural, but it is something that you put your heart into. And I think that is a little lost in today's culture and society. But how do you find something that you're really passionate about and something that you can contribute to and grow from? So, uh, okay. So again, my educational background is primarily in the business school, right? I think in the business school and then also outside of, of college, everyone gets into that mindset of like the hustle culture. And I, it's so, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so, um, I would say, I think, and it's very easy to get sucked into, um, post-grad, especially because coming from a business background like the, the everyone in the business school is trying to get a job right your prime your primary focus um after your extracurricular uh before your extracurriculars is your education um so at, at least for me um and i was like recruiting for jobs and i wasn't really thinking about how i'm going to find my happiness outside of work once i graduated because my happiness and that uh that frame of like the last semester of college was got to find a job, got to get a good offer, got to be in a city, got to move out of Connecticut or like be in a space where a lot of people are, are going, right? Like there's going to be diversity there, there's going to be opportunity there and it'll be a great place for me to grow. You were so stressed. I was so stressed. Yeah. So, so for someone like me, like my primary focus was, was getting a job. Um, And once I got that job, I was like, woohoo, yay, like time to like chill out and relax. And then hunkering down and seeing everyone around me like I I was commuting on the local train from my apartment in Boston to work and everyone is doing something that looks cool at least that's what you think right someone's reading a book someone's on their iPad someone's calling about some like project they just or they just even look cool like they're just dressed cool so you think that you you have a perception where you're like okay like what am I gonna do with my life after my nine to five Am I going to do anything? Is it okay for me to just sit down on the couch with my roommates and watch this K-drama for three hours and eat takeout food, which I've done multiple times. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I was hired in June. It's now December. And I feel like I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. And seeing like, I was seeing you run pack by yourself (laughs) that first um, semester after I had graduated. And I was like, Oh my God, like I missed this so much. And I want to be involved. And it just made me think like here, here I am reflecting on the past six months and realizing I have been cast into the real world and I have lost myself and I have just been working to live and earn money and like Mm -hmm. do a fun things, do a few fun things with my roommates and experience Boston, which was, which was great. Right. But like a whole huge part of my personality is like my identity and like developing that as much as I can. And that was what PAC gave me. Like there was never a reason for me to go into ASAC. I was, I always wanted to because Aubrey was there because MERS was there because a lot of our, the people that were on ASAC staff were there. Just a friendly face is always there for me. Right. And 
it's not like that when you graduate college honestly you, you lose yourself a lot so that's what's happened well, that's what happened to me and then I started to realize there are a lot of people who went through something like this that are a little older than me so how you can really figure out how to develop your passions afterwards too is just ask other people who have been in the same situation so I started reaching out to other people in ASAC um, some of my cousins even of being like what are you doing post-grad like are you happy with your life did you feel this sadness this inner like loss within yourself um and I wasn't really afraid to ask those questions because I at that point I was like I need someone to resonate with me so I can figure out how to move on from this right and like better myself get away from this hustle culture um and in that like my cousin who lived in Boston the year prior was like I started this Nepali women's organization that I think you should go to I mean it's at some like Didi which is like an older um Didi means like older sister, but it's like basically like an older woman who has some familiarity with you. Go to her house in Cambridge um, and then go to one of the meetings and see if you like it. So I hopped in an Uber, went to this random lady's apartment, and little did I know that it would like change the next six months of my life afterwards. So it was Sangini Bid, what I talked about earlier, a Nepali women's organization. The first talk that I had with, it was literally like I was sitting in her apartment. We were eating some Nepali tea and uh, drinking some Nepali tea and having some snacks. It was nine women in like a Socratic circle type of thing. And we were just talking about identity, home, what felt like home, what smells felt like home, like what reminded us of home. And it reminded me so much of PAC and like the passion that I had there. And right after the meeting, I was like, how can I help out in any way I can? Are there any leadership positions? Like, what it, what are the gaps that I need to fill, that you need to fill that I can help out with? And I instantly made that connection. I was like, okay, like, here's something that I can pour myself into, be passionate about, and help other Nepali women empower themselves, right? Um, so it's really about, like, understanding what you're feeling when you leave college, um, understanding what actually makes you happy, whether that's an artistic endeavor, whether that's a cultural endeavor like mine, um, whether it's physical, like if you want to like work out more, be a gym buff, a fitness influencer, like whatever, like whatever you want to do, right? Figuring out what those passions are um, and then doing a little bit of research, like who else kind of paved the way um, for the similar interest that's, that went to UConn, that was in ASAC, that was in this organization. Am I comfortable reaching out to them? And then just going for it, like, just just experiment and figure out what you want to do. Um, and it's okay if one of those things fails. Um, it's okay if you never go to another meeting again, if you go, never go to another dance class again, you never go to another painting class again, at least you did it, right? Um, because college is, a lot of the organizations on campus are there for you. There's student, like, there's organization fairs where you can just walk to and and join a club and and call uh, post-grad it's not like that so it's very individualistic um a journey upon yourself but it's not hard and people like Aubrey and I are here post-grad to help you out so let us know sorry that was a really long answer I got like really passionate that was awesome that was was awesome it's funny because I'm pretty sure I went through like the exact same thing as Shreya except I didn't have a job (laughs) right like that's what you said is so true about literally like I don't know about you but it felt like my life was a little more empty without having something like pack in there and for me when when I was in school like I, I I'm pretty I would say I would consider myself a pretty like abstract kind of person uh like in the way that I think and also I like to create things and Uh, I would consider myself like more creative. And so, but I'm doing a very technical 
major slash job, which is engineering. Um, and so PAC was kind of like my way to voice myself, also like find my voice, find who I am um, and just learn more in general. Uh, and when I became a graduate student, I still came to ASAC, you know, visit everybody. But it was it's just very different because I wasn't really involved anymore. I, you know, I was it's only like a year apart from being a senior, but there's still this sort of like divide. I didn't really go to like any events anymore because I'm so like freaking busy from graduate school life. Right. Um, And I felt so like sad all the time. And it came to the point where I was like, I was questioning whether or not it was because I didn't like what I was doing as a grad student. And I was like, do I not like, like engineering anymore? Like, why am I so upset at school? Like, this has never happened to me before. And then over quarantine, it kind of just like festered into something. And I didn't know what to do or like where to go with that. And so I kind of just like created my own thing. (laughs) Um, I, so over COVID, obviously there's been a ton of like anti-Asian sentiments, I would say. Um, And for me, like I saw that effect hugely impacting uh, Asian and Asian American businesses. Uh, I mean, my boyfriend, Billy, obviously like his parents uh, run a business and like nobody, nobody eats there anymore or anything. Um, Chinatown is basically a ghost town. Uh, there's been so many different racist incident, incidents that have happened across Chinatowns uh, across the country. And so for me, I was itching to get this creative side of me out as well. Um, and so that's how this project called the Chinatown Project kind of came to be. Um, and this project is like a photo slash video project uh, that documents or tells the stories of all of these uh well, currently we're specifically looking at Chinatown business owners, um, but in the future we want to expand to like more uh, Asian slash Asian American businesses because, you know, we're not just all Chinese, but also just also prove that Chinatown is is not a monolith, you know, we're not all Chinese, there's a lot of like Vietnamese people, there's also a lot of Indian people, um, not everybody speaks the same language as well, um, and just really trying to like humanize these business owners and try to get, um, you know, business business back in here. And also, I don't know about you all, but you know, I've gone to the same Chinatown for the past like 12, 13 years of my life and not, not too much has changed. Um, but I always wonder, you know, what, like, who are these? I always go into this restaurant or this bakery, but I don't ever know anything about how it came to be, right? Or like how this food even came to be as well so uh that's my plug for that project but i mean shreya pretty much like hit the nail on the head i think if you are feeling kind of like empty or lost or you don't really know who you are after (laughs) after graduation um definitely reach out to people that i mean like shreya you reached out to your friend cousin friend cousin which one uh a cousin yeah you reach out to your cousin well somebody somebody that is involved in these types of things um after graduation and um 
you're now involved in that organization. But you, you can also, if you don't find anything you like, you can just make something yourself and other people will, you know, gravitate to you as well. So, you know, you, you just gotta, you gotta put the, you just have to put the effort in, you know, you can't just sit there and like feel sorry for yourself kind of a situation. You have to figure, figure it out one way or another, or else you're just gonna be crying every day. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to do that. It is. I might do that after this podcast. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure um, that's just... not going to be the reality of the situation. Yeah. No, I was just kidding. But, I mean, everyone just needs a good cry once in a while. Oh, definitely. You know? I, I absolutely agree. You can still do things. You can do different things, too. You don't have to do all the same things. Like, you have some money now. You have some time. Go figure, go figure yourself out, girl boy non-binary folks that's incredibly important thank you so much for offering that advice to all these pack representatives and and me too that's something that i think a lot of us don't really know all too much after we graduate like we don't know what's in the great beyond we don't know what's in store for us we don't know what else is out there but it's inspiring to hear you've kind of killed it out there if i may say so myself on the out, on the outside, <laughs> <laughs> looks are perceiving. Yeah. Well, so I guess that's that. That was what both of you did talk about a lot, of finding who you truly are yes. and finding what your true interests are, and finding what you what you have a true passion for. It's all about genuineness, it seems. I think I think as a leader, you need to have a strong sense of self and also have thick skin because yeah, so thick. Um, I mean, just from like pack, you know, or just in general, let's just talk about life in general. Like those, I think those two things are not only applicable to being a leader, but also to being a person. Because if some, I used to be the type of person where if somebody questioned me about myself on anything like because I didn't have a strong sense of self I would just spiral into like oh my god like who am I kind kind of a thing and I mean Shreya Shreya also knows you know when people like questioned certain things that I did or we did as like a leader leadership team um I know I would get super defensive about it like I would like I would want to I would get like very upset um get super defensive um but afterwards I remember after one of these times I was talking to Shreya and she really helped to calm me down about it because she was like you know what Aubrey like this person doesn't know like doesn't know what they're talking about like they're speaking from an outside outsider perspective but only you and I know like how much work that we put into this, we know what is going on behind the scenes. Like these people on the outside don't know what's going on. So you can't take it, you can't take it personally. You know, you, you can't take advice from somebody who doesn't know, you know, what, what you're doing or what you're going through. It's just like, you know, so yeah, I would say strong sense of self and thick skin. Yeah, I think if we if we make this applicable to pack. Um, some takeaways of, okay, if you're starting off as, um, a pack rep, right? Like under, make sure you communicate to your leadership team 
um, and to yourself that your role is important. You're not Mm -hmm. just uh, a check off in the box, right? Like you are there to relay important information back to your org, but you are also there to learn more about um, other student organizations, how they operate, how you can make yours better, um, what fundraising efforts you can um, imitate from other organizations, how you can, this is what Aubrey and I really strive to do in your pack coordinators, but how you can um, collaborate with other organizations, mm-hmm. even if you're not from the same region of Asia, like, like you said, like, we're not going to use the word fusion, but how you can <laughs> mix well together and showcase off both sides um, of your culture, right? Um, so that's one thing for pack rep as a pack leader or on pack leadership team. I think let's, I think since we have more, um, experience as coordinators um Aubrey said uh did you say be what would you say a strong sense of self right mm-hmm. um so um, I, th- I would also say that once you have um a very strong idea of yourself you have to learn to be selfless um there are going to be so mm-hmm. many days and weeks mm-hmm. where you you might have to skip a lecture you might have to <laughs> skip a, a, a class event um but if you're truly passionate about something, you'll make the time for it, right? Yeah. Um, but again, being selfless, like we had office hours, um, we visited other people in their classes at places they wanted to be met at. Everything that we did was not always within ASAC, not within those those walls. Um, we It's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of emotional energy uh-huh. that you have to devote to it. Um, and when the tough gets going, if you need a little bit help, need a little bit of help don't be afraid to ask for it um and know that you have the support if you do ask for it um and then lastly how to just be an effective leader is to learn more about yourself and how your strengths and weaknesses every single day um i think a lot of what we talked about today was developing uh, how we developed ourselves and our identities to be student leaders but like that shouldn't stop yeah um you can curate uh, a bunch of hobbies and and um our endeavors but that doesn't define you for uh, define you as who you are like you, you should learn more about yourself every single day or like pursue other hobbies every single day too and to be an activist um don't be afraid to speak up about things uh that you don't know read a lot educate yourself Mm -hmm. a lot watch a lot of content videos listen to podcasts talk to people about this uh about what's going on in the world with blm with a lot of um attacks in the asian american community during covid about the election of what's going on right now about other issues happening um outside of the u.s like don't forget to educate yourself and and keep growing ta-da definitely um, can I can I add one more thing too? Aubrey, take it away. I was gonna say that uh, Shran, like Shran and I, I would also like, <laughs> we made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> like everybody, everybody makes mistakes, right? But sometimes, especially when you're like a leader, like a lot, a lot is on your shoulders, right? And when you make a mistake, it might seem catastrophic in the moment. But the most important thing is that you either like apologize for whatever happened um, and then learn from it. In general, like don't, I mean, don't like make mistakes like 24 seven all the time, but like Mm -hmm. make mistakes, 
learn from them. It's okay. That's how we grow. You know, I, I know for me, every time I made a mistake, I would like cry so much. Like, like Shreya, Shreya knows there was a lot of crying as, as a pack coordinator, <laughs> right? Um, but looking back, I, I can truly say that I think I learned the most from all of the mistakes that we made. And I think I'm a lot more thoughtful um, and a more introspective person because because of the mistakes I've made and, and specifically relating to PAC as well. Okay. Can we ask you one question before we wrap up? Sure. Go for it. Okay. So Ethan, your tenure um, in PAC has been really long. You are a PAC rep, then you are a solo PAC coordinator, and now you have two other PAC COCOs. What mm-hmm. is your vision for the last semester of college um also with the factors of covid affecting um student events and organizations what are two things that you want to accomplish before the end of the year and then what are two things you want to leave the next co-pack cohort um any insights you want to leave or events you want to plan Okay, so I see what you did there. That's Ooh. one question. Yes, but it's part it's, A, B, C, D. It's a double part. A, B, C, D. It's really A to Z. <laughs> I guess for me personally, my mission for my last semester as PAC coordinator, along with Quinn, Lauren, Sonny, huge shout out to them as well. Like, I honestly don't know if I could have survived doing this role alone again. Yeah. That is real. If I didn't have Shreya, I would (laughs) cry a lot. Yeah. Fun fact, I think when Merz was interviewing us again for coordinators, he asked both of us if we would be comfortable without one another, and we both straight up said no. And we, well, I cried. I don't know if you cried. Yeah, I I literally started crying right after. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually something that he asked me in my interview, along with Rachel, like, he asked me what changes I would make if I could. Mm-hmm. I was like, at, have at least two people, if not three. Because I implemented a lot more initiatives as well. Mm-hmm. With the the standard homecoming, Asian night, in, well, it, we didn't impact the previous year, but I brought impact back. And then Little Asia again, and have a lot of different guest speakers, but unfortunately a lot of those had to get canceled. I did take on all the responsibilities alone, but it sure as heck would have been more enjoyable if I had another co or two more co's like I do now. Ethan, you didn't even answer my question. <laughs> what are two things that you want to bestow upon the next pack cohort? Like, what are your hopes for them for the next group coming in? Like, what do you want them to do? What, what, do you, what values do you want them to have? Like, that type of stuff. As in next coordinators or next pack representative cohort? Both. Both. For the next pack cohort. I can't force them to care, but it would be my dream to have organizations that stress the position's importance more. Because like you said before, pack representatives are usually the last people to be chosen, but it could theoretically be one of the most important positions because if you don't know what is going on in the community then how else are you going to get involved beyond the organization like you can have an awesome organization by yourself really close-knit and everything but if you want to have 
a bigger reach, if you want to impact more people, if you want to have more conversations that actually matter, you can't do that unless you get involved, unless you actually have people that you care about. So I know that doesn't exactly answer your question per se, but that's the most important thing that I would love to see happen is, yeah, I was a pack rep too. I didn't really care about my position all that much. And heck, if it was, if you, if both of you didn't ask me to apply, I probably, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I'd probably just be in the school and be stressing about like case studies or. You're welcome. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, as hard and as challenging as this role has been, I seriously thank you both um, for the work that you did as pack coordinators and for trusting me enough to take your place after you graduated. It really means a lot to me. See, we left it in good hands. Good job. Yeah, happy we did. So for PAC leadership team, so coordinators and all the different chairs, meet weekly. Because if you keep each other in the loop about things. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. I I want to I want to compliment you because I think you did an excellent job yeah. recruiting a team when people weren't impl- applying and getting people that cared enough to do a good yeah. job and also c- communicate with you because that was a huge issue that Shrey and I had. So hard. Team. I good job like recruiting people and you all are doing a great job of rebranding. Pack in general. That yeah. was desperate, desperately. Yeah. New pack logo. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's so good. Thing, like, like Aubrey was saying, your new team is amazing. Your graphic designer, really great. I, just all yeah. the ideas and interacting on social, like that's the outlet that you can utilize when everyone is in their dorms or at home. And I'm, I'm still here, and I'm voting on those pack polls. Yeah. I am like seeing all the cute little, like, um, uh, polls. Wait, what am I saying? The polls that you have, um, the pack chats, all the updates, um, all the competitions between um, TikTok, I think was one thing that you guys mm-hmm. were doing. Sorry, you all were doing. Um, so it's very innovative. You guys, y'all are getting with the times. Yeah, we we try hard and we try to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could meet in person though. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. For the last question, Seeing as this was the last question that you asked me during my interview, I thought it'd be fitting to get your perspective and ask the two of you. If you were a pancake in a stack of pancakes, where would you want to be and why? What did I answer before? What did I answer to this too? Okay. I'm trying to remember what I told myself not to say. Uh, I guess it okay well I the way I eat pancakes is not like you know when you like slice into it because I usually don't have like enough to like eat like well you don't slice no I don't slice through I only ever eat like maybe two or three pancakes at a time and like I'd rather just eat them one by one right so in that case like obviously I would want to be the top pancake because you get eaten first If you, like, if I eat it one by one, like, I eat it one by one, so that's, that's where my logic is. Also, you put all, like, the syrup and the butter on top, too. 
So that's probably what I would say. So similarly, okay, so there's a psychological aspect to this question that I can briefly delve into, Ew. but um, I don't, I don't eat pancakes like that either because I've never had the opportunity to eat like five pancakes at once. Um, I like to eat them individually. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the way this question is formatted in an interview uh, psychologically is to get to know your personality type, right? Um, if it's how you explain it, right? Um, so if I was, if this is just purely for um, for satisfying my appetite and enjoying a good meal, then I don't even want to be um, in the stack of pancakes. I want to be at the top. I want to be the toppings. Like I want to be the syrup or butter exactly. because that's what makes the pancakes taste exactly. good. I'm not going to eat a pancake without syrup or butter. I'm not a serial killer. Um, Depends on what is in the pancake. You could have chocolate pancakes, blueberry pancakes. But you said pancakes. You said pancakes. Out. You didn't say X type of pancakes. But because I didn't say it, you can add a few things here and there. Well, that's true. But for question's sake, I think I'd want to be the topping. So I would have to say I wanted. I want to be at the top. Um, Personality-wise, I'd probably be in the middle. Um, I think I do have a very uh, confident it, that comes off into very domineering type of personality when you get to know me. I like to dip all my toes in the water, be involved, be very vocal. But that comes off as authoritative. But in terms of, of leadership and just being a person, I like to be in the middle. I never like to... Um, be the best I can be because then I don't have room to grow. I don't want to be the worst I can be because then I don't want to look down upon myself. I want to be somewhere in the middle where I'm content and there's there's room to grow within that stack of pancakes. That was my answer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I mean, my reasoning was it's the best of both worlds. It's not too syrupy and buttery, so it's not soggy, but it's also not just plain and dry like on the bottom. So it's a perfect balance. Interesting. Man, I want some pancakes right now. Pancakes for dinner, that'd be Okay, dope. so the top so the, the top pancake is like like you're you're cocky. Am I cocky? Do you guys think I'm cocky? I think you're No. A, I, <laughs> say, but... <laughs> I, I, I think you're overbearing. <laughs> Aubrey, you're you're your exterior is the top of a pancake, but your interior is the, the bottom of the pancake. You're so but, soft. So I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. And I'm the same way. Like, yeah. Water like, could Like, I could be this tough girl. <laughs> <laughs> you could be this, I could be this, like, tough girl. And then if something bad happened in pack, I'd literally be like, yep, okay. And then cry about it because it hurt my feelings like was perfect for me at least in terms of like coordinator because she always knew what to say to help me feel better at least but you're also yeah you, i've also seen you like emotional and like upset too so yeah aubrey was like this this the balance that i needed to and the role and i think it just like school and life um yeah i think i think the way you describe yourself is is very accurate um you're also not afraid to be the bat the bearer of bad news. Oh, yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Aubrey, Shreya, thank you so much for being here with me and for speaking with uh, 
the PAC representatives and the Yukon community as a whole. Thank you for your experience as PAC coordinators and for honestly mentoring me for the last semester that I was a PAC rep. We wouldn't have what we do without you two. So thank you. Much love. Thank you so much for joining us tonight once again. But now I'll roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, Tell the people where they can find you. Hey everyone, you can find me um, on Instagram. I'm at Sincerely Shreya, S-H-R-E-Y-A. If you want any professional development, hit me up on LinkedIn. First name is Shreya, S-H-R-E-Y-A. Last name is Kodka, K-H-A-D-K-A. Hope to connect with you soon. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Aubrey. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, please do. My handle is at obst, A-U-B-Z-T. You can also find me on LinkedIn too, Aubrey Tang, A-U-B-R-E-Y-T-A-N-G. And if you're interested in learning more about the Chinatown Project, you can DM us at chinatown.project on Instagram. Thanks for watching. Bye. (laughs)